Good Wednesday morning to you, family. Good Wednesday morning to you. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. Join us today as we're discussing Genesis 16, 1 through 13. And the focus of our lesson today is the God who sees. What does that mean in scripture? And what does that mean today and for our everyday life? I hope you'll join us for this fantastic discussion.
Father God, we thank you for another wonderful day, another day to be in your presence. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your mercy, oh God. We remind ourselves and stir up our spirits in the meaning and and mantras that are given in this song today that you have our heart. We set our mind and our spirit and our being towards you. Our answer is yes for all that you are doing in us, through us, and around us. You can have our dreams. You can have our purpose. You can have our plans. We just beseech you, oh God, to, to bless them, to speak on them, to speak over our lives And we just give you honor and praise and love because we've never known a love like yours. We've never had a father that has been awesome and wonderful and great as you that always has us on our mind, that it delights in each and every one of us, that has a purpose and a plan for our lives, that sings over us, that's a banner over us. That's a deliverer. That's a protector. That's a provider. That's a sustainer that keeps us and it keeps getting better each and every day, moment to moment, even during the days when we can't see a way. You are the way. You are light and you are within each and every one of us. We thank you for being that God for us. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. And we thank you for the days that you're walking with us. We thank you for the days that you're dragging us across. We thank you for the days that you are carrying us. We thank you that you are always with us, always present, that you never leave nor forsake us. We thank you and we give you all the glory and the praise, oh God. We just lift up you and your goodness and your mercy and just being so wonderful. We lose language to describe and be able to articulate how good and how wonderful you are to each and every one of us for the things that you do that we know about, even the things that we have no idea about that have yet to come to pass. We just praise you. Because your answers are always yes. You're always working things out. You're always, you are the answer before there ever is a problem, before there ever is a question. And we just say thank you today. We lift our our cares before you with an attitude and a belief and an expectancy and a knowledge and knowing that you will answer. You will give us the answer. And when you don't, we'll just sit here and wait on you to do that. And for the people that you've entrusted with us, be it our family or the people that we minister and serve, help us be the answer for them in the ways that you need us to be it. Help us to continue to grow in the knowledge and truth of who you are, to see you in every way, in everything, to love like you love. Teach us even what love is and what it means and how to manifest it in each and every one of our lives and to be that to all that we meet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How y'all doing today? I'm Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. Uh, That song was played. It's called Have My Heart, uh, Maverick City uh, Music. I love all their songs. Uh, Their whole um, albums. their praise albums takes me completely out. And I was thinking about that song this morning as we were doing this part, as I was preparing for the podcast. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play that song. So as I said, we are looking at the God who sees. And if you will turn with me 
or listen along with me to uh, Genesis 16. We're doing one through 13. It says, now Sarah, Abraham's wife had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar or Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. Abraham agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abraham, you know, had sexual relations with Hagar. She became pregnant. But when Hagar uh, knew she was pregnant, she began to mistreat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. Then Sarah said to Abram, this is all your fault. I put my servant. Hold on. My screen went away. I put my servant into your arms. But now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Abraham replied, look. She is your servant. So deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarah treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah said. My mistress Sarah, she replied, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears for the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone and everyone will be against him. Yet, excuse me, yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. Therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also says, had I, have I truly seen the one who sees me? And today we're focusing on the 13th verse when Hagar says, you are the God who sees me. In some translations, when it says that part, it's El Roy is meaning the God who sees me. And that's what we're going to focus on. So the historical context and background story, if you will, is Hagar is an Egyptian woman who works, you know, for Sarah, who's barren. You know, Sarah decides to put herself that, you know what, I, I haven't been able to have any children. So we're going to, you know, um, I'm going to give you my servant here. You know, she gave the servant to her husband. And of course, they had a contemptuous relationship when Hagar uh, got pregnant. And this resulting pregnancy, though, leads to harsh conflict and a surprising ref revelation because we find out that Hagar uh, learns that her son's will be uh named Ishmael yet he will not be the prom the child of promise you know that Abraham and Sarah are waiting on though he will become a great nation and his people will live in conflict with everyone um and Abraham and Sarah will continue to wait for the arrival of their own son yet what we're focusing on today is the point in the story in Genesis 16 13 that says therefore Hagar 
used another name to refer to the Lord, El Roy, who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. And, you know, I bring that up today because I wanted to ask the question or just bring it up for your discussion and, and reflection at whatever you time you wish. Can you relate to Hagar's, you know, statement or her story? Perhaps maybe you can't relate to her situation, but I do believe the emotions of loneliness and fear, feeling unloved, unseen, invisible are ones we can all feel from time to time. If you've ever had the experience of being abandoned or overlooked or unappreciated, neglected, hurt or betrayed, I don't know what situation, experience or circumstance you find yourself in today. Yet I do suggest that they are common and are things that we can feel time to time, even if we're not in the exact situation that Hagar is in. Yet today I wanted to discuss the following points. What is the encouraging thing, the encouraging, empowering thought of, of, of knowing and, and reflecting on this verse, you are the God who sees me. One point, God sees you. Point to yourself, God sees you. Abba knows the very number of hairs on our heads. And considers that our worth is more than many sparrows in the sky. Consider the fact that he also took an intimate interest in forming you. That you, me, us, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That all of his works, being including yourself, you, are wonderful. Point two, not only does he know us, but he knows our name. Think about it this way. One of the things that struck me so much in this short passage is that every time Sarah and Abraham mention Hagar in their con, uh, in their conversations, uh, Genesis 16, two, five, and six, she was simply referred to as my slave or your slave in certain, excuse me, in certain interpretations. You know, and it could be concluded. I was reading about it. They said that it could be that they, concluded meaning Sarah and Abraham concluded that she had no value in their eyes other than someone to be used in order to have their child in efforts in in many ways it said when you, you read up commentaries on this scripture it talks about how you know Sarah she she couldn't have any children so she came up you know with her own plan with her own way to have a child Abba didn't tell her to do that this was something she came up you know with on her own idea on her own scheme some ways they say it was a way to manipulate God's plan to provide an heir yet I can only imagine how if someone is referring to you as my slave your slave or terms of that nature it could have possibly been demoralizing but when God found Hagar at the well the first word out of his mouth was Hagar what's the point when no one else cared enough to show Hagar any decency, God did. Up until this point in this narrative, we don't even know if Hagar knew who God was, but Abba certainly knew who she was. In fact, he knew her name and he showed her kindness, compassion, respect, caring, love by using her name. It is the same with each of us. Abba knows our name as his kids, as his descendants, as his children, whatever you want to call it. He knows each and every one of us by name. 
And not only is our name known, it is engraved, Isaiah 49, 16 says, on the palm of his hand. And you know what? Being engraved means it carries a deeper implication than being written. Being engraved means it's cut, carved in God's palm, implying permanence, something that cannot be erased. Later in the story, as I said, we've talked about it already. Hagar, out of gratitude, gives God a name, Elroy, the God who sees. The interesting thing is we don't know if uh, one interpretation said that if you look in the in the history up until this point, she was the first person that actually gave God a name or at least named him Elroy. He, no one else had done that before. So they, they noted that is an interesting point. Um, God sees your situation. Elroy is not blind to your plight so many times in our life we think no one sees what we're going through no one cares yeah the you know nothing that we experience or face is a surprise to to god it might be a surprise to us but being omniscient all-knowing means that Abba sees exactly what happens to us every second of the day good bad uncertain however you want to classify it our situations, our experiences, our circumstance, our very life is always before Abba's eyes. Nothing escapes Abba's divine notice or in attention. God sees your, another way to think about it too is Stephen Outrog writes, Jesus knows us fully. He knows every nook and cranny of us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he also knows suffering on an intense personal level. He meets us in our downcast state and pours out grace upon us. Next point, God sees our needs. I love the fact that Elroy came to Hagar. God sought her out and arrived at the moment of her greatest need. Here's this woman and is run away. She's being mistreated. Uh, she, you know, feels some kind of way we're using today words of uh, colloquialism. She's pregnant. She's having this baby. I mean, maybe it's if we're going to add emotions, even though we don't have specifically emotions stated. But I'm just trying to imagine and place, you know, ideas in the situation. That, you know, this isn't really turning out how she thought. You know, they said she was going to get pregnant and have this child. And, you know, maybe she thought everything was going to be good. She didn't think that it would cause a contentious relationship. Um, Yet she's run out to the well. But even when she feels alone, she's not alone. Because Elroy uh, seeks her out and, and gives her encouragement. And it was at that moment that she Hagar is reassured that she is seen that she is loved that she is not forgotten that she and her unborn child a son who God names personally would be cared for as the father of compassion and the God of all comfort God soothes Hagar's worries and gave succor to her wounded weary heart as with Hagar you know Abba promises us that he will never leave nor forsake us and oftentimes I feel it is during our greatest times of need that, you know, Eroi pours out the greatest level of, of grace and mercy upon us. And what's the important part is that he meets our needs as well. And I think that's what's encouraging today is that there's no situation or circumstance that we can go through, even if we're not in the experience of Hagar, the truth and encouraging Thing today is we are never alone because we serve a God who sees.
And I just wanted to stop by today and give you those points. And I'll give them to you once again. Is I want you to remember, because I think it's so important as we think about, you know, life each and every day. You know, whether we have these feelings that I mentioned of of loneliness or, or abandonment or neglect, abuse, you know, wherever we might find yourself in life or in the moment, millisecond to millisecond. The encouraging things to know is that one, God sees us. Two, God sees our situation. And the other point is that God sees our needs. And there will never be a situation, experience, or circumstance that we're in that he that does not have his divine attention. I think the challenges come is oftentimes as we can know that Abba has these divine intentions of our attentions of our life, but we need him to to do something, to fix something, to make it, to take us out. And that's where, you know, the challenges in our life can happen is, you know, we might know that we're we're seen or we or not. But, you know, sometimes that can create challenges in our faith. Yet I encourage you today to keep believing, to keep trusting, to keep knowing that there is no situation, circumstance, experience that you are in that Abba does not see. That Abba does have a plan and a purpose for our lives. It is for good and not for evil. That's all I have for you today. I thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of our Encouraging Your Spirit uh, podcast family. I love you. There'll never be anything you can do past, present, or future to change it. You can always reach out to the podcast. Let us know your experience with God sees you. Let us know how that's going. Let us know what's going on with you and, and if there are any prayer requests that we can walk with you in prayer and pray with you on you can reach out to the podcast at encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com you have a great rest of your day a great rest of your week i love you peace